I'm Sarah Earle, and this is Reaching Higher New Hampshire's podcast, School Talk. Graduation season is upon us with all its effervescent optimism, and this year's mood feels especially celebratory considering how much our schools and students have been through over the past 15 months. So what do today's graduates look like? What opportunities and challenges lie ahead, and how can they be prepared for them? Carissa Coro runs Educating for Good, a Pennacook-based consulting service for schools, and she's been working for more than a year with the Franklin School District on its Portrait of a Graduate program. She joined me to chat about the vision the Franklin community has mapped out for its young people and how it plans to make that vision a reality. So um, in a nutshell, what does the portrait of a graduate program entail? So the portrait of the graduate is really a process where a community comes together and answers the question, what do we want our students to know and be able to do by the time they leave our schools? And to and answer that um, in lots of different ways from different stakeholders and perspectives. And then to put all of that together and look for themes and understand uh, what the community's hopes are in general, uh, and then use that to guide programming and guide policy and guide curriculum and instruction, um, and really thinking about transforming the school in, in a way that, that will be meaningful to the community and students and set the students up for success. I understand that schools qualify for the program based on metrics that indicate need. And I also think Franklin is one of the school districts in the state that often gets talked about in terms of its struggles. Um, it was one of the original districts to sue the state over the way it funds schools. And um, since the funding formula has changed very little in the decades since, it still faces budget crunches that kind of pit tax equity against educational adequacy year after year. But I want to start by asking you what you love about Franklin. I guess you began your teaching career there, and now you've spent well over a year working closely with educators, students, city leaders, community members. What do you love? What do you wish more people knew about the Franklin community? I don't know that I'm the best person to answer that really, uh, Mm -hmm. because there's lots of folks here who have such great deep stories about this community. my grandmother and my my great grandparents actually are from Franklin, probably more generations than that. And so, um, my grandmother's actually a graduate uh, from this high school, forty oh. four. Uh, so, uh, she died when I was six, and we were very close. So, there's like this like special thing when I come to the school, like yeah. like walk these halls. So that's for me personally, that's kind of a special thing. Um, and then, of course, my first two years teaching here. Um, are very special times for me because I'd learned so much about um, working with kids who are living in poverty mm-hmm. um, and thinking about, you know, their hopes and their goals and their barriers and um, really thinking about their humanity mm-hmm. um, and not leaving them behind. But there's something special about the folks in the community that you can really feel when you come and talk to them. So I've been talking to folks all over transfer station, the Elks club in line waiting for their meals. Um, the farmer's market. Well, we went down to the mayor's drug task force. So we've been all over. Right. And 
when you talk to folks, they love this community. They love it. And when you, you people know each other here, um, it's really about 8,000 citizens uh, and people know each other. And I think that's something really special. One of my favorite things about Franklin, and I'm so glad they're able to do a little bit of it this year is the class day parade. And I've never seen it in another school district in New Hampshire, but maybe it exists. Hmm, and so they bring, they bring the whole student body, kindergarten through 12th grade. And there's this huge parade and you, you know, the littles go first and the middle school and the high school graduates and their caps and gown come last. And it's just like a really awesome community display because of COVID they have to change it a little bit this year. Um, but next year I'm sure it'll come back uh, in full, but it, it's really uh, just a special little community. I do think that there are people who live here, though, that could speak more to that. Sure. Yeah. Right. And I will. Um, We've been working together over the past few months and um, there's more stories to tell for sure. So we'll be doing that. Um, What have you learned through this process and, and what do you think the school community has learned about itself? It's a pretty intense, deep dive. What have you learned? I think one of the things that I've learned that I really am going to take away from this in in a lot of uh, different places is that no matter who you ask, they all have this very similar hopes for students. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we know that in New Hampshire, there's a lot of politics and it's pretty purple, say. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless of who I talk to, um, folks want the best for their kids. They want kids to be happy. Um, a lot of uh, conversation around mental health um, and feeling satisfied in the job that you have. So, you know, being able to have a job that you love was really important to a lot of folks I talked to. Wanting uh, students to be able to navigate the world, whether it's thinking about um, opening a bank account or, you know, changing a tire or budgeting mm-hmm. or cooking, those kinds of things were really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't matter, right? Whoever you talk to, those are the same kinds of things that came up. Um, old, young, I didn't ask folks their political affiliation, but mm-hmm. assuming that it's a mixed bag, right? When you go to all these different places and talk to folks. And so I think that's one thing that I really took away from this is that uh, people, when you just have a conversation about kiddos, they have the same hopes mm-hmm. in general for kids uh, in a community, which which was really, um, I don't know, hopeful. Can you tell me a little bit more about what the, I guess you have kind of a working portrait right now. Can you tell me a little bit more about what it is, what it looks like, um, and then how it um, kind of shows what people want for their young people, for their graduates? Yeah. So we, we talked to about 400 folks and that includes students teachers, parents, alumni, community members. And so we have about just about 400 pieces of raw data. Mm-hmm. And some of those conversations were deep conversations and some of them were three minute conversations with folks. And so we looked at all of that. We have a working team that looked at that information to, to sort of um, come up with some themes and what they saw. And then we looked at some different models from across the country and which one sort of connected to what the community was, was seeing. Uh, and we came up with six commitments and these, these six commitments really form the graduate, the the portrait of the graduate. Uh, you can take a look at those in the graphic, but we took, for example, commitment to learning. We thought, well, what does that look like? So we have a statement of what commitment to learning is. And then what are the skills students would demonstrate if they have a commitment to learning? And so we came up with those. Uh, And then it's really about whittling down and wordsmithing and those kinds of things. Um, And one of the things that we thought was, uh, we don't want to say like, these are the skills, but we put skills such as, 
And so not to say these are absolute, that this is set in stone, that these are the only ways you can demonstrate a commitment to community or learning or resourcefulness. But here are some examples. And from there, then um, we can start to think about what changes we need to make in school. So what changes do need to happen for that portrait, if any, for that portrait to become a reality? And do you see challenges that the school community may face in getting there? Uh, Beyond funding, which is a challenge in the whole state, right? Yeah, that's obviously a piece of it. And feel free to to talk about that. Um, So part of the work is not just to develop a portrait, but to develop an action plan. And so we worked with um, the leadership team, the administrative team, to think about where where the school's been in the last five years, where we are now, so what programs, what's happening now, and then the hope for the future. So we did some of that visioning a little bit connected to the portrait and the language in the portrait. And then we asked ourselves, you know, what conditions need to exist for that to happen? So not just like what, what do we need to implement, but what conditions need to exist? And we created this metaphor of a rock wall, sort of a New England rock wall. And you know that there's so much underneath the ground, right? This foundation on these rock walls, um, feet down, you know, three, four, five, feet down. And so um, the foundation that we think needs to exist for this portrait to become operational and to really be embedded is community relationship and communication and also professional development. And so thinking about those two as foundational pieces, we need those in place first in order for us to move on some of those other, those other things like portfolio or um, a senior project as an example that we really have personalized learning that's meaningful and not ad hoc. Um, So those are the conditions that need to be in place. A lot of it for professional development, and this is not just in Franklin. So I think that that's important to know is uh, about mindsets and what school could look like. And so a lot of times when we do redesign work or we're thinking about school redesigns or how school could be different, we're thinking about our own experiences and we're building on those experiences. So it's almost like limited by our own imaginations, our own experiences. And so that professional development is really allowing folks to design and play. And so the next year, that's what our action plan is about, uh, a year of joyful play. So to play around with the language and really think about what it means, where we're already doing it, um, where we'd like to do it, and how can we do it differently, uh, and just be able to imagine You spoke with me earlier about um, how the portrait of a graduate program kind of begins with the end in mind. And so I wanted to talk just briefly about assessment. We've been hearing a lot about assessment lately. um, I think partly because of the way COVID has kind of underscored and amplified the challenges and shortcomings of effective and equitable assessment. And I know it's also an area of expertise for you. So how, tell me how the portrait of a graduate program informs the work of create, you spoke earlier about meaningful learning. And um, so how does the program inform meaningful assessments? Yeah. So one of the questions that we ask, and we actually um, asked this at a school board meeting, uh, we had a special meeting last week and we did some play around with the language and it, it was not like a regular school board meeting where folks are sitting down or moving around having conversation. And the, one of the questions we asked was, what evidence will you accept that students have demonstrated these skills? And to really think about what students should be creating and what teachers should be looking at. And nowhere on that was standardized tests. Not one person said, 
I'm looking for the standardized test score, uh, but they did have other types of evidence, um, including portfolios and essays and presentations and working with um, different community members and having conversations. Like there's a lot of different evidence you can collect. And so once we have that conversation about what evidence, then assessment will change, right? Because now we're looking for uh, things that are sort of non-traditional pieces of evidence. And, and that's sort of the promise of it is what skills we want students to demonstrate, what evidence are we going to accept? And then the communities should say, okay, we're going to deliver on this promise. <laughs> you deliver on your promise, we'll deliver on our promise, right? That funding and the support. And it's not just about, we talked about this before, it's not just about funding. There's all kinds of different ways a community can, can support a school, mentorships, job shadows, internships, you know, field-based learning, all of those different ways. And so we need to just think broadly and think more creatively about assessment and, and how students can demonstrate their skills and understanding. How do you ensure that, or at least try to ensure that all this work that the Portrait of the Graduate program is doing isn't derailed by lack of funding in the future? So I think that it'd be really great for you to be able to talk to the superintendent uh, and even um, Jewel Finley, the curriculum coordinator, because they've realized, and this is part of the process anyway, is that your portrait as a graduate is part of your strategic plan. I mean, that's the end goal, right? And and Franklin has uh, had a, a pretty good strategic plan. I would say it's pretty good um, since 2018. And it's not just that they had a plan, but they've committed to it and they revisit it often. And so it's not like something they write and put on a wall and say, here, it's done. And so I think that's unusual uh, for um, some school districts. And then um, this year, they have a, a committee that meets as part of the school district uh, I2 committee. And they've embedded the portrait work into that strategic plan. So I'm actually quite confident whether or not Franklin gets specific additional funding to do Portrait of the Graduate work. I'm confident Portrait of the Graduate work is going to be a driving force in the district, whether or not they get additional funding for implementation. Tell me specifically about the work you've done with young people, current students, recent graduates. Um, I know you've talked with former students who have left the school system for various reasons. How do you get students to engage in the work? And, and what would you say are the most valuable things you've learned? Well, the pandemic was certainly uh, a barrier to connecting with students, but I was able to connect with students who were not necessarily successful here. Um, so most of them I connected through the MyTurn program, which supports students in employment. So I connected with them and interviewed them. I did uh, three or four really uh, long interviews with students just to get their you know, perspective on, on what worked and what didn't work for them. And I think that this isn't something that was new information to me, but more validating is that students know uh, and they can tell you, right, what's working and not working for them. And it's really important to get that feedback in the moment rather than waiting for post-graduation to say, oh, what didn't work for you? But you know, when a student doesn't have their requirements met after ninth grade, that something's not right. And they can tell you what's not right, right there. You can get that feedback right away. And sometimes um, it's something that the school can support, right? Like, so if it's something like, hey, I can't get here in time, how can you help me navigate my life so I can get to school <laughs> or I need food or whatever, those kinds of things. But there's other things that once they're in here, you know, well, school's boring. 
Um, I don't like the lessons, you know, that's not responsive to my needs or my interests. So you can have those conversations to make those uh, changes real time before they get to senior year or their fourth year in high school where they have, you know, they're undercredited. So students know, and that's again, not just Franklin, that's all schools. <laughs> just ask your kiddos and they'll people. tell you. Yeah. They can tell you, they'll tell you in elementary school and they're really good at it too. They know what they need. Thanks again to Carissa Coro for joining me today. Stay tuned in the coming months for a closer look at the work the Franklin School District is doing on its Portrait of a Graduate program. School Talk is produced by our intern, Henry Lavoie. To stay up to date on education news, sign up for our newsletter at reachinghighernh.org and follow School Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <music>